Hey, and welcome to Tomorrow. I'm your host, Joshua Topolsky. Today on the podcast, we discuss Record of Lodos Ward, Deedlit, and Wonder Labyrinth. I don't want to waste one minute. Let's get right into it. Oh, hi. We're back, Ryan. Hello. I started watching this film, Titan, last night. Oh, yeah. Have you seen it yet? You, you, you car horny? Have you, have you seen it? Oh, yeah. I like... I've been very excited and interested to watch it. I have to tell you, I was like, it's too late for me to watch this film. I, like, you know, <laughs> listen, I, I'm a fan of horror. I'm a fan of sexy stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm a fan of, I love cars, you know. Not, not, this, not, not like she does. Big fan of the French. Big fan of the French. Uh, huge fan of the Palme d'Or, as you know. <laughs> It's like I'm Talking, always. You talk about it all the time. I'm always like, yeah, you know, you know I'm always like, uh, you know, when I meet someone, I'm like, have you, are, have you seen the Palm d'Or film yet, or you know, because I have a Palm d'Or. Yeah. Or do, what's your status? <laughs> your Palm d'Or status, just generally. Um, actually, it's funny because this morning I was, uh, I was on Letterboxd. I wrote my first review on Letterboxd um, because. Uh, I was. Guy. I went down a fucking. Cra- I'm gonna get back to the Titan thing in a second, but I, I went down a. Cra- wait, let me wait. Let me cap. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna use my powers of focus, my newly acquired powers of focus, to finish the Titan anecdote, which is. Uh, so I love all those things: the French, uh, uh, horror, uh, cars, sexy people. Um, Titan has it all, but I have to say, like. And spoiler alert, I guess, if you haven't re- even read a synopsis of it, like, write it just pretty early on, like, at the, about the second murder. I was like, I have to watch this in a different headspace. Like, I can't. It was the end of a very long day. It was late at night. And it was very stressful and upsetting. And I was like, I really want to see this. I just don't want to watch it right now. Um, but, I yeah, but then this morning I woke up at uh, – I woke up very early because um, there is some animal in a wall here that is scratching it starts scratching it starts scratching at like four or five in the morning and i I guess this is like i I, whatever the animal is i'm gonna go ahead and say it's like a punxatani fill but for daylight savings time or something it's like uh you know punxatani fill is the is the pennsylvania version of that's the you know the famous groundhog you may you may remember punxatani fill from the film groundhog day starring uh bill murray or and, Good Morning America once a year. Uh, sure, I guess so. I, also, D- Bill de Blasio killed the New York version of Punxsutawney Phil. I can't remember his name. <laughs> but like, it's what, like a, what, a, what an incredible mayoral run, by the mm. way. <laughs> Let's not forget that he, that he literally dropped a beloved animal on its head. And then like two days later, they're like, it has mysteriously died. It's like he definitely <laughs> like broke its neck or something. It's very sad, actually. Anyhow, but uh, so this animal, the... the uh, you know the scratcher. I don't know. We have like I don't know. Wh- I, I can I can hear it. I can feel and see in my in my mind's eye. I know where it's located. The scratching is very loud, and yet it's like I can't. I'm not entirely sure where 
like, is it outside? Is it inside? Is it in the floor? Is it in the ceiling? I don't know. At any rate, so, uh, so the animal woke me up this morning and then Zelda got up early and then I was, uh, you know, we were, you know, Zelda was watching some, some iPad entertainment, you know, in the early hours of the morning, having some chocolate milk. I was having my coffee and, uh, my chocolate milk as I think of it. And, um, I don't know how this happened, but, oh, I was looking at, I was, oh, I'll tell you how it happened, actually. I'm going to tell you because it's an incredible, it's sort of an incredible thing that I, that I, I was going through our mail. And I'm sure, by the way, Tony loves, this. just, this is what he wanted. This is what he needs right now. He's like, what was in your mail? He's how like, many ads? He's like, what's going <laughs> on with Josh's mail? So we got a catalog in the mail, Okay. Okay. It's called Critics' Choice Video. Do you know this catalog? No. Critics' Choice Video, America's classic movie and TV authority since 1987. Classic. Okay, here's what it is. It's a catalog. I assume they only send it at Christmas time now uh, or the holiday since we've defeated Christmas. Holiday time. And Thankfully, it is, we're not saying Christmas anymore. <laughs> it, is a, it is a catalog of videos you can buy of like DVDs and Blu-rays. Okay, and and it's page after page, probably like 100 pages long or 50 pages long or something. And it's page after page of very small write ups of movies. Like, for instance, I, they have a section. First off, they have a, a little box for fast, the Fast and Furious series on one of the pages. It's like, here's what Fast and Furious is about. Okay, if you didn't know, they have a they had a breakout section, which was particularly interesting to me on one of the pages, which is Charlton Heston, one of my favorite actors from some of my favorite movies. Horrible man, actually. I was going to say one of my favorite gun activists. No, no. Well, here's the thing. I was just talking to somebody about Chris Pratt, which we should talk about. But I want to talk about oh, Chris God. Pratt. I actually – actually, we should talk about Chris Pratt and the whole thing with Chris Pratt. But, you know, because it touches our lives in so many ways. But I was saying, like, to uh, uh, to Nicole D'Alessandro, who we work with, uh, you know, in when I was a kid and I was first introduced to Charlton Heston in Planet of the Apes – I had no access to or any understanding of like what Charlton Heston stood for. I just knew that like Planet of the Apes rocked. Like it was an awesome movie and I enjoyed it. And I do think and I do think that uh celebrities are really they we should think of them really as more like pets. Like I don't want to or, or or you know like I don't need to know what my dog's thinking. I, I just can enjoy my dog, you know? Like, just, I love when my dog is, like, I, I cuddling. Get it. I get and, it. It's a Shailene Woodley situation. Yeah, Shailene Woodley does I don't need to hear what she thinks about anything, okay? Either you're good at acting or you're not. You embody the character that I'm interested in seeing or you don't. I'm not saying... I don't, I don't want you to... I want to know that you roll around in clay during the moonlight instead of getting yeah, vaccinated. It's wanna, really not my business. I don't want to... I mean, listen, I think... Listen, if people are like, I'm not going to get vaccinated, you know, well, I guess you won't be in my next favorite movie. But, but, and I Leticia think that's your right. Yeah. When it comes, to, <laughs> I mean, when it comes to onset safety and standards, uh, that's, that's the movie industry's business, not mine. But if you mm -hmm. cast, if you cast, uh, you know, Chris Pratt or whatever as Mario, which was a huge mistake and I don't understand why you did it, but okay, fine. But I don't want to, I don't want to know what Chris Pratt thinks about anything. I don't want to hear a word out of his fucking mouth except it's a me, Mario, or whatever he's going to do with the fucking, you know what I mean? Like, that's all he needs to say. And in fact, I would, I would venture to say that's too much if he says that. I'd rather he didn't even say that. But, you know, it's not my call, is it? You know, I'm not, I wasn't asked to be the casting director for the Mario film. 
Uh, and if they had asked, I would have turned them down. Okay, anyhow, so so they have a section on Charlton Heston. Okay, let me read you one of the, this is the kind of synopsis you see in the, in the Critics' Choice catalog they send to a person's house. Counterpoint, they list the cast. An orchestra conductor is captured by the Nazis and forced to put on private shows for the Third Reich's best officers. They better be the performances of his life or else. <laughs> That's an actual <laughs> description. First off, I'm like, so I'm like, fun. I got to see this movie. <laughs> I got to see this. This sounds absolutely outrageous, like peak, it's made 1967. It's like peak nonsense Hollywood stuff. And uh, so anyway, so, so I'm like, wow, I got to like put that on my you know, I'm not going to order the Blu-ray, okay? Because that's what this catalog is is for. The Blu-ray is twenty five dollars, okay? Now imagine you're a person. I just want to. I want to embody. I want to get inside the mind of a person who's like, well, I've never seen that. I better buy the Blu-ray. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> that sounds really good. This like they give you the synopsis because maybe you haven't seen the movie, and then you're going to be like, what? Let me spend twenty five fucking dollars on a Blu-ray in case I might like this. So anyhow, uh. Anyhow, so I was like, I got to make a list of to these for these movies, so I can watch them on a streaming service that I subscribe to or whatever. And I ended up, you know, down a rabbit hole, and I ended up in Letterboxd. You know, is is this crazy thing? I use this app called Just Watch. Do you ever use Just Watch? I do not. Just Watch is like I want to watch this thing. Like, where the fuck can I watch it? Okay. Oh, uh, I always use Google results for that. Yeah, sure. Google's it's a mess. Just watch is specific. Mess. It's like these are you can select which services you have access to, and it'll just tell you, like, yeah, that's on Amazon Prime or whatever, you know, and then you can watch it. Now they have a new feature, apparently, you can just watch it from the app. You can just hit a button and it'll beam it or whatever, which is great. They actually have solved the the problem, I think, possibly that we all have. Anyhow, so I'm putting so but but first, so I'm like, oh, what's an app like where I can I was like, I should just write down these movies on a list. Like I probably have a list somewhere of movies I want to watch. Then I was like, no, you know what? I think I have a list in one of these apps. I'm like, is it in Letterboxd? So I open Letterbox, which is an app I barely use. Uh, it's if if you don't know, by the way, Letterbox is a uh, movie, like social movie review app. I, yeah. I it's like it's, it's like, like uh, Goodreads, but for movies. Yes, that's great. That's a perfect. That's exactly how they pitched it. They're like, okay, yeah, sharks. They're like, okay, sharks. <laughs> it's like Goodreads. But for movies, and they're like, you know how you hate Chris Pratt in the Mario movie? We got a place to post about it. <laughs> they're like, the sharks are like, okay, we've heard of movies. Um, anyhow, uh, we know of movies because we ordered them on Blu-ray from a catalog. <laughs> Mark Cuban's like, w- w- good reads. Nobody reads anymore. Nobody reads. They're just all at basketball games. Anyhow, so the sharks, they're like, okay, sharks, it's good reads for movies. So I open up good reads for movies. And I'm looking, I've started, and I put my movies in there. And then they are like, you know, do you want to watch this? It's like powered by Just Watch. And I'm like, oh yeah, Just Watch is another app that I have. And I open Just Watch and I'm like, oh, Just Watch has a fucking movie, movies I want to watch list. I'm like, maybe I should use this because I use this app to find movies when I want to watch something. So maybe it makes more sense than doing it. And like also Letterboxd is like somehow powered by, some part of it is powered by Just Watch. So I'm like, am I... Can I cut out the middleman here? And then I was like, Just Watch is like, oh, yeah, it's available on Amazon Prime. And I'm like, oh, let me pop open or Amazon Video. Let me pop open Amazon Video. And you know what I have on Amazon Video? A fucking to watch list, a watch list of things that I want to watch. And it's like, where does the madness end, folks? You know, this is why we need to reinstate President Donald 
Trump, the rightful oh 46th president of the United States. Anyhow, if Trump were president, this never would have happened. I wouldn't have three or four different places where I put a list of of apps, a, a list of movies to watch in an app, okay? Um, I actually, maybe I'm on that point, I'm affected because I was sent a... <laughs> I just had a thread today from a from like a mother's group in our area, and uh, oh it was somebody was like, "I went to eat at this diner. And it was very expensive. I'll never be bringing my children there again, or whatever." And somebody was like, "Yeah, this because Trump is president." <laughs> like, what? It's like, yeah, the diner's expensive. I mean, I get it. They're making it. They're making some statement about both like inflation and supply chains, which in some roundabout way may be true, but I know, I've been to this diner and it's always been fucking expensive, okay? It's always been like $19 for a shitty-ass diner hamburger. So uh, anyhow, but getting back to my point, so I pop into Letterboxd and I was like looking at the films that I had, uh, you know, said that I'd seen. Because, you know, you first get on the app and they're like, have you seen any movies? And you're like, oh, I can rate them. I could put stars on them or whatever. Anyhow, so I was like thinking about... Um, I was reading some people's reviews and they were pretty funny and, and entertaining. And I was like, I should write a review. And then I thought of the the one thing that I could write a review on very quickly that did not require, that I thought was a fun anecdote, fun anecdotal story and also uh, a good review of the film. <laughs> and it was Requiem for a Dream. And this was my review. You know, I'm just going to read it to you. God, this is this is the worst tangent of all time on the podcast. Or maybe the best. I don't know. Um I mean, Ryan, you're here a lot. What do you think? Is this a top top ten? Or um, what? I definitely think I'm on mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> that I actually had John slip you some mushrooms, so it's all working. Oh, thank God. Uh, I oh, it turns out I wrote two reviews. Okay, here's my review of Requiem for a Dream. The most important thing I remember about watching this film in the theater the week it came out is that when it ended, the room was completely uncomfortably silent and stayed that way through the entire credits. Also, the girl I went with to see at night never spoke again. Five stars. Uh, anyhow, my other review was of Tenet, which I gave a half star to. I actually gave, I, truth is, I gave Requiem for a Dream three and a half stars, not five. Uh, anyhow, the important thing is that, uh, that on the Tenet review, as I said, this movie completely sucks ass, and anyone who tells you it doesn't is lying to themselves or you or both. <laughs> so, anyhow. anyhow, anyway, you didn't watch Titan. Oh, Titan, yeah. So I'm going to, maybe I'll keep. Yeah, Titanic. No, I think it's Titan, Titan, Titan. Probably, I think they say it in the movie. It's also, it also, it also opens with again. I don't want to know spoilers, but you know, I don't know. Uh, It opens with like a scene with a kid. Like whenever I see a kid in a movie like that, I'm always like, I. It's like when I saw those little, the little people walking around in Cyberpunk, which I'm still not sure if they're supposed to be kids or just small, smaller people. but I was like, remember we talked about it in the podcast. I'm like, what are these kids doing here? Like, I don't, these should not be in this game. My least favorite trope lately is vampire children. I mm. hate the idea of vampire children. Or it like zombie children. So, uh, yes. I don't like it because I, I just don't like it. I, yeah, there's a million don't. reasons. I'm well, not getting vampires into it. I don't are also like very, it. Vampires are, are, are historically very sexy creatures also. And I don't think we should be. And tortured. I just don't think any child should have to live for 1,500 years or whatever. Anyway. Let me inter- You should. Actually, there's a great movie. It's called Interview with the Vampire. I don't know if you've no, seen it. No, thank you. <laughs> it's so good. It's honestly one it of my. T- it it's in my. T- it's probably my. T- it might be in my top 10. It's definitely in my top 20. Nah, I don't know. It's, it's up very there. Very gay movie. It's, I mean, it's. it's it is. It is very gay. I mean, yeah. <laughs> but you know, I mean, they're just, they're just, you know, 
It's fine. Sucking cocks. It's Great fine. Thing. Well, well, you know, they're not they're not sucking they're sucking necks is what they're sucking. But they <laughs> but what they're thinking about when they're sucking necks is not the neck. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> okay. I think we've all been there. We've all been there. Sometimes you got your fangs and a neck and you're thinking of something else. Yeah. Um, anyhow. Would did I start talking about something like on topic at the beginning of this? No. Mm, okay. <laughs> That's good. It's been a I'm long. Sure, I'm sure. I'm sure I'll go back and maybe, but I don't think so. It's been a long. It's been a long day. I've been up for hours. You know, starting with my my uh, daylight savings time scratcher, and uh, and here we are. So all right. So look, uh, you know, it's been a. I would say a quiet week in news. So there are some notable things. One thing I. I wanted to talk about that we didn't talk about last week because we swore up and down that we weren't going to discuss politics and then spent like a really long – and I apologize, Tony. I'll be honest with you. I don't even like talking about political things anymore. I don't even – I don't want to fucking hear about it. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to know about it. You know, which is why I voted for Youngkin in the Virginia election. Um, But uh, as long as we can get rid of critical race theory, I'm fine with whatever happens after that. (laughs) Number one threat to America, critical race theory. Uh, I also, oh, but like there's a new satanic panic, which we, we I think we'll touch on because I want to talk about the Astro World stuff. Yeah. And there's a whole satanic panic, um, oh. like, like Q and on sub genre for that now, because of course everything blows everything. Not, like We found ways to make things that are already bad, even worse, which is great. I think really impressive for America. I love that the crowd from the like Beyonce performing at the Super Bowl is a satanic ritual. People mm. are now just doing that, you know, victims of violence. That's and I, and I also cool. like that. It's like, very it cool, is, guys. and it's, and it is the adopted mainstream position of all conservatives. <laughs> it's yeah, like, totally. it's not like, well, this weird rogue, element uh in the party it's like that is no, josh Hawley is like this is witchcraft <laughs> that's the stump speech now it's like satan satan descended upon World, which is why we have to uh get critical race theory out of schools actually and the should, supply I, chain is I, joe ta- biden yeah fault. exactly i we're talking about politics i do i would love to touch on a little bit josh Hawley had an interview on axios that i would love to just touch on one part of it that we're uh, but we'll get to that in a second but let me get back to my uh, whatever the fuck we were talking about is I Astro last what oh, satanic panic? No, 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 no. Before that, I was gonna say last week we didn't talk about it. Uh, but teenage engineering. I wanted to just very quickly talk about this. <laughs> teenage engineering made a amazing looking PC case, and I do think. And I and I tweeted. Of course, I tweeted about it. We wrote a story about it on input and everything. But I want to say I do feel like we are uh, maybe about to be in the era of. Uh, computer cases that are awesome looking and something that you would like want people to see in your home. Now, listen, the PC I, renaissance is coming. Yes. I truly believe between the Steam Deck and this teenage engineering case, I know I sound insane, but I truly believe the end of the console is nigh and the PC well, I don't know, era is coming. I don't know if the end of the console is nigh, but I will say this. I You can't buy a PS5. I, well, yes, but that's a that's a that's a momentary. I mean, that's because Joe Biden is president. Okay, once he's out, <laughs> as you know, as you know, he's personally holding up the chips with the PS5s on them. You when know that. Will America get the Palm Door? <laughs> you know this. Yeah, no Palm Door, no PS5s. This place is a shithole, and it's all because of Biden. <laughs> Biden, you know, the Biden bucks have poisoned the well. Uh, anyhow, Sorry, back to what you're saying. So. Uh, what the fuck? Oh, so yeah. So they made this beautiful looking uh, mini ITX case, which is a, uh, if you don't know, 
please hang up right now. You know, if you don't know what a mini ITX case is, you're not allowed to listen anymore. I'm sorry. Uh, but that's what I was told by the PC master race, my least favorite community. No, actually, I, I like the I like the community. I hate the name. I feel like here's the thing. I love the PC community in the uh, in Tim Rogers cyberpunk. One of his cyberpunk reviews, he talks about the PC building community, how um, that it most that the forums that those people are in. And I, I'm a member of, you know, I'm I'm there sometimes that they most resemble um uh, they most resemble sort of like support forums for people with terminal illnesses. <laughs> and I think it's like the greatest observation. <laughs> like it's such a great and accurate observation. It sort of runs counter to your point, but, um, but it is true. It's like, it's like, can any, it's like, I'm not sure, you know, I don't know what to do. I've tried everything. <laughs> it's like, I've tried everything. They're like, have you, have you got increased the Ram? Anyhow, <laughs> I know a guy, uh, uh, but 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 yeah, but PCs are real fucking ugly. And listen, I don't want to be rude. I, maybe you got like you might have like your RGB, you know, your fans, and you got your oh, and God, that's like no. it's a, it's an aesthetic. I get it. Like it is no, like we've taken. I'm, I'm I'm the person in the world who plays the most video games and is the most allergic to PC aesthetic. I mean, I, listen, oh, we've taken well. we've taken um, we've taken this like kind of like we've taken the. You know, it's interesting because the founder of Something Awful died this week, and uh, Lotax was his name. He had a real name, but but no one knows that one. So uh, anyhow, we've taken the aesthetic of like, I could say like the Something Awful forums, which is like old school internet, like the really kind of, and not just like, obviously Something Awful is there was really, really horrible shit on there, uh, but the aesthetic of the original internet and old, like old school internet people, I feel like the PC design language has very much it's like we took some weird like geo cities aesthetic and turned it into like what a pc looks like it is like we are literally are like oh you know what's cool is like when they color cycle it's like color cycling was a thing you could do on the internet in the early days and people were like whoa dude like how did you make that line change colors and it's like this color cycling it's like some html trick or script or whatever and people were like damn that's fucking the shit like and for a while even up to like the MySpace era, maybe a little bit beyond, like a lot of stuff on the internet did color cycling. Now we're like, you know, I understand the rise of cheap, uh, uh, cheap LED lights and multicolored lights and all that stuff, but like just straight up, um, you know, I, we've just the aesthetic is like, you know, we we have GeoCity boxes. You know, everyone looks like a mall kiosk full of things that they're trying to sell to teenagers that yeah. they won't buy. Computers are like, they're like from Hot Topic, you know? Yeah. Like, they're like, it's they're, so bad. It's bad. It's, it's so really tacky. Bad. I'm sorry. Like this shit's, the most computers are super tacky. I know you don't want to hear this because like you're part of the master race, the PC master race, but it's really, they are aesthetically just fucking hideous. And I know okay. a lot of people, I see a lot of people Similar out there Similar to the master race itself. Wow. So true. <laughs> just fucking so similar and just uninteresting no flavor no you know no seasoning no fucking just, cheap, just like cheap a potato just a potato <laughs> it's a fucking boiled potato oh anyhow mm. anyhow teenage engineering so, made an incredible so TJ, teenage engineering the probably the most one of the most interesting um 
companies in the world, in my opinion, who make, you know, what they do is largely audio, you know, 99% audio related, whether it's making things like the OP1, which is, you know, a revolutionary, you know, uh, micro synth, um, basically a self-contained like uh, uh, audio workstation or making weird speakers or uh, they've done some interesting collaborations with Ikea doing like, you know, audio stuff and um, but their design, their aesthetic is like, it's so perfectly pitched for, it's like if Dieter Rams was, you know, in the year 3000, it's like just the right kind of spot of like, looks cool and futuristic, but also doesn't look so futuristic and in some ways looks kind of old that it it feels like it's almost out of time, like it's unstuck from our timeline and has its own like special space. I think there's a few, there's a few people there's a few I mean I would I would you might say certain apple designs are like this. I don't think they go near they're not nearly as interesting. Um teenage engineering did the nothing earbuds which like say what you will about how they are as earbuds they're a really really cool design. Oh yeah, I mean teenage engineering made a camera like a um yeah, an, an instant the impossible, camera. the impossible. I have one. The uh Yes. Absolutely stunning. Not a great camera. Not a great camera. I wouldn't take that out. Beautiful device. I wouldn't take that out to like shoot the kids or anything. I haven't uh, even taken it out of the box. Well, I haven't. I I took it out of the box and it's, uh, you could leave it in there. I would say just, no, just leave it. Um, But anyhow, so they are awesome industrial designers and they created a, um, they created this PC case out of nowhere. Like I just, at one day it appeared and, and it's really cool looking and it's bright orange, which I love, but, and they show some of their iterations of other designs they had. And it's like, please make those as well. But I do think it's, it's high time. And this goes across. And I think we've probably talked about this before, but so many pieces, areas of technology where it's like, from an aesthetic standpoint, I think we can do better. I think that it's so funny how long it's been, it took so long for other companies like who can, who were competing with Apple in the phone space or in the, you know, in the earbud space or in the, um, you know, in the, in the uh, uh, laptop space, even like, you know, even there, it's so, still so fucking boring and so dry and so drab, but there have been occasional pops of, of interesting design. I just think it's like, these are devices that are so much a part of our lives. They are so, we're so deeply connected to them on so many levels and yet they still look like you know they just look just like they're not there's nothing has personality nothing has there's no exploration of materials there's no exploration of textures there's no exploration of different design languages like you know you see the ps5 and you're like you know i i think the ps5 is just completely ugly so hideous looking you know, and people are like, whoa, like they tried a design. It's like, okay, yeah, they went, they did something. But, you know, yeah. it's like, it's so few and far between in, in, in consumer technology that the industrial design is really, is compelling. You know, Eve Behar does some really interesting stuff. Frog design, which I, he may work at now, has historically done, I'm not sure about that, don't quote me on that, has historically done some really, really interesting design. Obviously, Johnny Ive has his little pocket. I don't agree with all of his design choices, but there have been pops here and there. But generally speaking, shit kind of looks dumb. And PCs, especially, it's like if I see one more black box with a see-through, you know, uh, uh, a fucking smoked see-through panel that shows your, you know, whirring multicolor color cycling RGB fans, you know, 
I'm going to lose it. So this is interesting, but here's the thing. Sorry, just to round out this conversation. So I've got one coming here and I'm very excited about it. But they had in the in the pictures of the of the um I think it's called the computer one is the name of it. In the pictures of the computer one, they had something that I thought was very strange that I'd never seen before. They have a picture of the God, this thing's so fucking awesome. I can't wait to build this. Oh, also, it's like it's like it's made of metal that you bend because they have these modular synths they've made, but this kind of bendable steel. And uh, God, it's so awesome. It's aluminum, actually. Um, but <laughs> bendable sh- steel. Yeah, whatever, you man, shut up, okay? We all make mistakes. <laughs> the They show it with a monitor, and I'm like, what the fuck is this monitor? It is a square, it's a large square monitor, okay? And I was like, every, in the input chat in the Slack was like, what's this monitor? So it's it's made by this company called ISO. And I think ISO is a Japanese company, but... They make like industrial displays basically for radiology labs and stuff. Uh, and this is a monitor they make. It's a 27-inch monitor. It's 1920 by 1920. It's a 1-1 one, one monitor. It is like an Instagram. First off, one of the things I will be doing when I – so, okay. So I was like, I got to get this monitor. And also, I will say this. I have a widescreen monitor on my on my desk, and I kind of think maybe it's like – it's kind of a pain in the ass to like look way over on one side and then way over on the other side. And it's like, is this actually a good setup for what I do every day? And I was like, this square monitor could be the answer. So I found one at a fairly decent price in Germany and from a place called Groovesland, which I'm like, all right, I guess so. I'm going to, I'm going to roll the dice on Groovesland. Uh, and <laughs> then Groovesland. Disappoint me, Merkel. Yeah. Don't fuck me. Hey, by the way, for some reason, this was able to get off the boat because they were like, oh, can you fill out this form? FedEx needs you to fill out this like port of entry form. I'm like, what is this? They're like, yeah, it's like, a, is this product safe to use in the US? It's like an FDA. Does this have FDA approval or something? Uh, I think either because of this company or because it's like a monitor being shipped from Germany. At any rate, I had to fill out a form that was like, what port will this enter? I'm like, I don't know, but here's the... I literally had to find like the FDA approval for this monitor. Oh my god! And write it, find the number, and put it on the form, and say like, "I'll be taking receipt of this, and it's okay." Like, well, I'm not gonna. It's like I'm it's only been using approved it for Google Docs. It's been approved. Yeah, seriously, it's been approved for use in the U.S. This is 100% medically safe. Anyhow, so I so I got the monitor. It's and and uh, and I and I'm very excited to set it up. It's actually sitting in a box here. I got it yesterday, and it came in a crazy box that had like so much tape on. It. I'm like, oh, this is definitely gonna be full of bricks. And uh, like, but the monitor was in there complete, in a completely untouched uh, uh, package. So I'm feeling good about it. But this is a, this story is went nowhere fast. But I just wanted to say that I'm excited that Teenage Engineering made this PC case. I think it is high time that we make computers way more interesting. And I think if you look at this at the computer one, you will see what I'm talking about. It just looks cool. It just looks like something you would want people to see. And I don't think that's normal. You know? Yeah. I don't think that's normal. Usually your PC is like, where can I hide this thing? I have, I built my gaming PC. I put it in this white, mm-hmm. this white case. And it's like, it's fairly inoffensive, but I would have liked a better case. There just weren't really any options. Like to fit the components. And by the way, this thing actually may not fit all my components. So I have to figure out, cause it is a little small. I got to figure out what I'm going to do. I was thinking about building a whole new 
computer based on. I was going to say, I guess you'll just have to go keep shopping. Well, I have I have my desktop here, which I might just disassemble and then reassemble inside of this case because I think my components will fit. But I have two, multiple, of course, as you know, multiple computers I've built. Uh, so because uh, I'm a sick person with and I need help, and this is a cry for the help that I so badly need. But um, anyhow, so I thought that was interesting. I think it's cool, and I just think that uh, design. You would think it'd become more of a topic with with everything these days. I mean, we cover so much streetwear and like, and the shoe game is such an is, so, is such an in such an interesting place right now. Um, I just bought some Nikes. Nikes? Do people say that? Nikes? Yes. I don't know, man. It's yes, so I'm so out of it at this point. I got to tell you, I'm fucking losing it. I bought these Nike Waffle One shoes, which are they make a pair. I bought weirdly. I bought two pairs of the exact same shoe uh, with different, obviously different colorways. Not exact same, but they make um they're making them with the. It's like this weird kind of future hybrid of an old ass shoe, an old uh, uh, waffle. You know, uh, I guess you'd call them the Waffle Racer. Um, and they're called the Waffle One, I believe. And uh, they have them in really awesome colorways, but also they have they have a version of it that are made with like sustainable some of their sustainable materials that they've been using, where it's like recycled bits of shoes. And uh, they just look they look of the moment in a way that I just feel like very few things do. Obviously, fashion and shoes, it's like you're not it should not be surprising to see that stuff. But why don't we see it? in consumer technology. Like I, I think it's kind of crazy to be honest that, that so few risks are taken. I know I've talked about this a million times. So few risks are taken, uh, in like phone design or in laptop design or in just literally any goddamn thing, you know? So I applaud and I'm excited about anybody who takes a chance, anybody's, any German design weirdos. I think they're German. No, they're Swedish or something. Where are they from? Speaking from, of the master race. Yeah, speaking of, <laughs> speaking of, where is Teenage Engineering? I think they are, uh, I think they're in Stockholm, actually. But they've got a real German vibe, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> they have, they're in Stockholm. They're in Sweden, so they're cool. They're fine. Anyhow, all right, what else is on the sub, on the, on the docket today? Speaking of new tech stuff, want to oh, talk boy. about electric cars? Mm, mm. Actually, perfect place. Yeah, so Subaru finally showed off their electric car. I'm excited. I'll tell you something. We have a an Alpha. finally an electric car for lesbians. I know. I've been saying, <laughs> what will the lesbians drive? Is what I'm always. Is actually right after I ask about the Palm d'Or, I'm like, do you have any <laughs> idea what what electric car will be available available for lesbians? Um, the but Subaru announced this car, the Solterra. Well, they had announced it previously, but they kind of showed it off. Uh, I guess yesterday. And uh, and it looks like a Subaru. I mean, it's not. It's a little bit futuristic, but it definitely, you know, if you saw it, you wouldn't be like, "This is a." I, I actually, the design is sort of whatever. Uh, it's not it whatever. Like a, it looks like a Subaru slicked its hair back. Yeah, it's not. I don't hate the design. It is definitely somewhat futuristic. It's it's def. I would say like it has a shoe vibe to it. In fact, a lot of car. I think a lot of modern cars kind of look like shoes, like modern shoes. And I, I, there's a real parallel there. I like a lot of what they're doing. There's some pretty weird choices. Um, I think if you like the Cybertruck, you might look at this and be like, yeah, I'm kind of into that. Hmm. But um, but what's cool about the Solterra, the, na- the name is not one of those things. I think it's a terrible name. Uh, it sounds like a chip. <laughs> you know? 
It's like Solterra. Every, every Subaru thing has the same name. It's like They're Sun and like, Earth, right? Soul and yeah. Terra is like Sun and Earth. I just think of like yeah. Sun Chips and there's I think there's also Terra Chips as a thing. So Indeed. that's my takeaway on the naming. But uh but what's cool about it is this is like they have included all of the Subaru stuff, which like Subaru has all this like off-road, all this I mean Subarus are kind of built for not like I mean yes, you can take them hardcore off-road, but they're built for like more rugged sort of areas like everybody's been talking about the Rivian the new Rivian pickup truck because it's like can do all this off-road stuff and it's like kind of built for you know not just smooth paved highways I mean if you own a Tesla uh, or drive a Tesla which I do uh, it's you know they're not really built for you kind of feel like it kind of you can kind of really feel the vibe of how the people who designed that car mostly live in like lived in Northern California and weren't mm-hmm. like, how's this going to be on some ice or whatever or a rock? Um, so the but the new but the new Subaru is uh, is has all of the Subaru stuff like X mode, which is a <laughs> which is a mode that we have in our car that I joke about all the time, but we have used in certain rugged areas. Um, X mode is like an extra grippy suspension um, setup or gearing setup or whatever. I don't know. Clearly, I'm not I'm not that smart, but. Uh, but so this kind of is, is like a Subaru in the way that you can take it on all sorts of terrain. And I, that is exciting and interesting to me. And I'm, one of the things I thought was cool about the Cybertruck is this idea that it is a more of a, you know, sort of cross terrain vehicle. And I don't, I feel like the current crop of Teslas or even like, you know, the Volvo electric or whatever are all kind of feel a little bit, uh, less engineered for those types of situations. And since I live in a somewhat rural, rural area <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, we have bad winters here. I, I'm, I'm highly appreciative of what they're doing. So anyhow, so anyhow, I'm hoping that in, in, you know, once fucking Joe Biden lets the boats through, and makes he personally gets more chips made or whatever they need to make a yeah, Solterra. I, say, I bet there's forty thousand of these made with no chips to plug into them. They're like, this will be great once we can put the computer in. Right now, it's just a car. There's a right there's now, a, it's just some wheels. There's a motor. <laughs> there's like a motor, but it can't do anything. The pedals. We made don't a work. lot of seats. It doesn't steer, <laughs> but uh, you can push it. We could. We could like it'll be a neutral. You can kind of push it, and it'll look like it's like a Flintstone situation. Like, we made one. We found one set of semiconductors, and we were able to produce this car for the video. And that's it. Anyhow, it's kind of a cool car, but here's the thing that is is in the grand scheme. Uh, I just feel like the EV stuff. I feel like we are on a on a path now with electric vehicles that is is uh, it is an unstoppable shift to uh, vehicles that don't take you know that don't now. This is not to say that 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 electric vehicles are, are just like automatically the most eco friendly thing in the world. I mean, we know that. The production of these batteries is has huge ecological impact, though nothing comparatively to what we're doing, what we've done with oil, right? And what we're doing with oil and this like, you know, I think it's kind of amazing that obviously we're not there yet, but to imagine a world where, where, you know, all the new cars or most of the new cars that are released are not gasoline cars. Is or it? even dream bigger electric powered public transit. Let's, let's not talk about – don't talk about these horrible, <laughs> disgusting ideas, okay? You know? I saw I, I saw, want, I I saw the opening of – I saw the opening of Titan last night. Isn't that enough for me? Which is, by the way, super obsessed with like oil dripping 
from cars <laughs> in a whole in a whole on a whole new level that I think you got to the car sex scene, right? Oh yeah, I, which is oh, okay. fucking great. I mean, so good. I mean, so maybe good. there's more than one, but it was. I was like, not only is this funny and weird and beautiful, like just kind of like aesthetically a beautiful scene, but also, you know, it's it was highly erotic in my opinion. I mean, it, mm-hmm. you kind of kind of made me want to have sex with a car. I'll be honest with you. Um, I, wish, I wish I was a lesbian so I if could. Only, if only I could angle myself. You see the 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 gear shift on the on the on the on the Teslas are kind of in a, not in a great, very hard to have sex with, in my opinion. I assume that's where that's the thing you would you know be doing it with. Like I feel like I, that. Yeah. I feel like uh, on a, on the a tra- exhaust pipe. Uh, yeah, on a traditional oh, car, wait, it I feel doesn't like, have one. Damn uh, it! Exactly, it's really problematic. You just get in the frunk and jerk off. Um, <laughs> the. the <laughs> I just feel like on a traditional, like, you know, like low rider or whatever, you would just, you know, I mean, whatever. It's right there, you know. Yeah. Um You're riding okay. low and dirty. Wow. Okay. Anyhow, so so but I think that this push towards electric vehicles is interesting and obviously comes with other uh trade-offs, but is is I I see it as a as a positive uh a positive, you know, sort of development. I'm also very excited about seeing people make cars that are superior to te- what Tesla makes, which like, you know, by the way, I was like, I tweeted about this car and people were like, I was like, cancels Model Y order, you know, jokingly, but also maybe not, depends on when these will be available. And uh, and people are like, acceleration is four seconds slower. And it's like, yeah, well, here's the thing. You know how many times I've needed to use the four second acceleration on my car? Like, it's nice to have it if I'm like running from a, you know, fucking Dr. Robotnik is after me or something. Uh, if I've got a merge, yes, great to have some decent acceleration. But <clears throat> zero to 60 in four seconds is not a thing that I'm like needing a lot. You know, it's like the self-driving stuff. I, I'm like, I, I have used it for in instances where, you know, I had to like, you know, I, there very short periods of time. Like I needed to, like I dropped something on the floor and I need to pick it up and I didn't want to like try to like steer the car or whatever. Or, you know, I had to like some, there was some emergency message from Laura that I needed to answer immediately. And I'm like, I don't want to like try to do this while I'm drop while I'm like steering the car. There's like, it's like for one minute or 30 seconds or something, which I find terrifying by the way, even, even, you know, in the shortest situation. Yeah, I could never, I could never, but I like, don't like driving, at all yeah but you know but you have an autopilot when you're on public transit man you know just guy up front okay the, the person <laughs> person up front is your autopilot you know Somehow, you don't worry about that i do believe that the new york city subway is a better build quality than tesla what about a bus you know you don't know what's gonna happen you don't yeah. you don't know at any rate um shang chi as by the way I, I is that out can i get it yeah like on, can I watch it on Disney? Oh no, I I think I'm not going no. to the theater for any of this shit. I'm sorry. Like I would, I first of all, I don't think I've only seen one Marvel movie in the theater. Okay, what and I uh, the second whatever the second Avengers thing was. I've seen all of them in the theaters because I did it in one go. Well, I know that, but but that's a that's a whole other situation that you need to address with your therapist. But, um. What I'm saying is like I'm okay. We're, I don't want to get off topic, but but how do Shang Chi come up? Buses. Do you agree that's the correct pronunciation? I think you questioned whether or not that that was the correct pronunciation last time. 
Yeah, but I pronounce everything wrong. I'm from Long Island. I Why say Mario Mario wrong. I say everybody's name wrong. So it's true. I give. I've given up. <laughs> no, no, you're. It's okay. Good. Well, at any rate. So wait, how did we get on? What What was I saying that you derailed me from? We were talking about EVs and public transportation. No, but why did you mention? Oh, 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 oh. Right. But there was something I was going to say. At any rate, uh, then I said something about buses. Oh, I'm just looking forward to like a car that's like does stuff better than Tesla. So I don't have to. So because like I don't. I'll be honest with you. I test drove the new Volvo and I liked it. It's a little small for me, actually. But I, I will say the 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 autopilot stuff and the electronics and just the general like how this car manages itself. It is, you know, quite, it's quite impressive. And I haven't seen anybody reach that level yet. I also, I mean, I test drove a bunch of electric cars like a couple of years ago, which there was a way fewer, way fewer options. Like Audi had one and Jaguar had one. I mean, there's just all like, you know, even on the high end stuff is what I'm saying. Like they're, they're very like, I don't know. I feel like they're kind of still behind the curve from a, from a, you know, Tesla really does feel like. It is that jump from, and I hate to say this because I think Elon Musk totally blows. Uh, I'm trying again. It's like Charlton Heston. Like uh, actually, it's a great example of a Charlton Heston situation where, like, if that dude never said anything and I had no idea what his opinions were, my, everybody's life would be a lot better. And like, just I think everybody would be happier to not have to hear from that person. It's like, dude, I don't know. You're a billionaire, haven't you? said enough with just that fact i mean if i'm if i'm i've said this before but if i'm a bezos like bezos just did this embarrassing leonardo dicaprio tweet we should talk about that actually but i don't know if i'm a billionaire man i just am like not gonna tweet at all i don't care like i'm gonna find something better to do with my time i think we would all these people are fundamentally sick because nobody would hoard this amount of money in in the current world that we live in no everybody would weren't like fucking i would everybody would yes i would would. no i would not you wait you you yeah you get somebody hand you a billion dollars i can't sleep i can't sleep at night with the things i currently have no you don't know the amount of guilt i have you have to look in your heart because i think the truth is they you get that 10 bit you get 10 billion dollars tomorrow and they're like all right i would spend myself way back right back down to 100 million oh well they'd be like yeah but then yeah 100 million what are you gonna do then they're like hey they're gonna take go half of this well, for taxes you know you'd i think be like, with that suddenly million, start being like where can i tuck this away what kind of offshore situation can i get this into with that 100 million you just start bribing the poor people in your life to like you mm. and i think that's fair mm. enough they're this redistribution of wealth that's ryan there's economic. nobody who doesn't like you come on <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway wait, um anyways <laughs> wait a second hold on so so I'm looking forward to a, a, a car that in, in, that improves upon Tesla and also, you know, hopefully shames Elon Musk into questioning his life choices. Um, but uh, yeah, so God, this has been a real ramble for me. But Teenage, teenage engineering, make a car. Um, yeah, seriously. Let's talk about uh, uh, Pinterest. Oh, right. I do want to get back to that Bezos tweet. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, his Twitter account is it's, – it's a clusterfuck. The man just, needs to just quit. Everything. I don't know. I, somebody – some random person, I believe, like made a joke about Jeff Bezos about Leonardo DiCaprio stealing his girlfriend uh, because there's like video of Leonardo DiCaprio talking to her at a party and she seems – she does seem, I will admit, like very smitten. I mean, who knows? You know, body language, it can mean a lot of oh, different I, things. I, I, I have never once been ever able to – have sex with a woman and if beyonce talked to me i would flirt back what are you fucking talking about it's a famous person i I, I mean it's a ridiculous dicaprio but but then but somebody was like somebody was like oh you know leo's about to steal jeff's girl or whatever and then jeff Bezos like quote tweeted it 
Couldn't handle it. it it's so weird because like he, the guy doesn't tweet a lot about stuff of, you know, personal stuff or at all. And it was like a picture of him shirtless, like flexing, resting oh his head, God. resting his arms on a sign that was like danger, like steep cliff or something. And um, and the and his tweet was like, hey, Leo, at Leonardo DiCaprio. This is so embarrassing. He's like, hey, it's like he says Leo casually like him and Leonardo DiCaprio are good buddies, but then also has to add him, which is like, mm, I don't know. Very cool. just something weird about it. But uh and then he's like, Hey Leo, come here. I have something I want to show you. And uh <laughs> definitely looks like looks like a uh some kind of cruising yeah, I, Fire I Island think, I, I, mean, I, think I, I obviously the intention of the tweet was I'm to if I'm to read into the basics of what I'm seeing. Uh, you like, know, not my girlfriend. I want to fuck you. Jeff, Jeff Bezos <laughs> is like, I'm going to toss Leonardo DiCaprio off this cliff for trying to steal my girlfriend, which is like, I, you know, he's making a joke. It's a dumb joke. And since uh, he's definitely had people murdered before, not yeah, that funny. He's had them silenced at the very least. He's had their <laughs> fucking teeth ripped out. Um, allegedly. Allegedly. We don't know. Jeff is very nice. Actually, you know, who knows? I mean, he, I don't know if he's ever had anybody killed. Probably not. Why would he have oh, to have people killed? Has. Definitely I, I mean, why kill someone when you can just like buy them off or whatever, you know? Um, That's sick, sick billionaire mind. I don't but think I, look, Jeff, Jeff's, Jeff's an innocent guy. He started in his garage. You know, he happened yeah. to find, I, you know, I'll, I'll say this, you know, people give Jeff Bezos a lot of shit and, and some of it's very deserved. But, you know, the guy is living the American dream. OK, he was a privileged white man and he took what I assume is like some kind of, um, you know, uh family wealth or at least like had access to some money and turned it into a the biggest business in the world you know and i think that's the american dream uh replace like, the u.s government always the american dream can i tell you something funny about jeff bezos that i heard i'd love that um i was watching a vic burger video genius wonderful great mm. doing great work over it love right love love vic burger um i did not know that jeff bezos for many years uh his routine was to wake up in the morning turn on his oven put in an entire uh, package of Pillsbury d biscuits dough. Wow. I love the, I love loving this. He would go in the shower. He would come out of the shower, take it out. Then while they were hot, put stuff on them and eat them with his hands and then go to work. He would eat an entire package of Pillsbury biscuits every Wait, morning. What? That's that's not right. Yes. Yes. Is that like in he a was, book he, or something? No, he, he It was at like a conference. He was talking about how his like his like fitness revolution, how he got so fit yeah, or whatever. He dropped yeah. like 10 well, pounds. I mean, you could get really head. fit if you don't eat an entire package of Pillsbury <laughs> fucking. Uh, what are they? The biscuits? Yes. Those are, I mean, he, those are like, he, he was those are really. He this. That's like a lot. How many serious? things? Like 12 biscuits per package or something. Yes. That's, and he was delivering this in the what most he, What is he putting on? Them? I'm a, so I'm imagining that he's going through like a kind of like a, like Butter. a 12 course. Oh, so I was thinking he'd start with like, he'd start with like a kind of like aperitif sort of version of the biscuit. <laughs> like he'd start with like a mint, like a mint something or something on the, like, I don't know what would be like. I'm trying to think of like, what's a, what's an a appetizer? Yeah. You know, like a mint jelly on the first biscuit. And the second biscuit is like is like a, a some kind of bisque, like tomato bisque on the biscuit. And then Prawn there's like and yeah, and maybe there's like a, a Caesar, like a Caesar biscuit. I'm trying to imagine. I like bet you that's what he has his private chefs do now. <laughs> like a Caesar, chicken Caesar biscuit. And then there's like the main course is like a steak. It's like steak. And then there's like a dessert. There's like another, there's like a post dinner. Souffle biscuit. 
There's a there's a what is it called digestif? There's a there's like a uh, what is a digestif? Like a port biscuit. And then, I don't know. I was gonna say a limoncello. Biscuit. And, then, and then at the end, by the way, you're almost at twelve here. Maybe he eats two for each you know set serving, and then each course. And then at the end, you know, he has like a you know he has like a chocolate uh, glazed you know. Pillsbury One with biscuit. toothpaste in it. Honestly, this sounds fucking delicious. I think this is a great idea for a restaurant, maybe as a follow-up to Dippers. Uh, <laughs> biscuits. Biscuits with a Z. Biscuits. Okay. And it's actually, we could include Dippers toppings on this because the the dips, I mean, you know, think about all of the variety of dips. You Vertical get, you literally, you literally, You literally have the courses right there in dip form. You just simply dip the top of the biscuit before you bring it out. Okay. This is right fucking no. This is this is it. punch guacamole. That this we is have. this is it. This is it. I have I finally found the follow up to dippers that we've been talking about for so long. Biscuits, Z- biscuits. Z- <laughs> Anyhow, okay. Uh, so so he's sitting. He's leaning on the sign and he's like sweaty and shirtless. And you know, like he's Jeff Bezos now, but he has muscles. And it's like, hey, Leo, come over here. I want to show you something. And so, like, oh, he's going to, you know, push Leo off the cliff. But, like, uh, then somebody tweeted, uh, like, it's like, is, like, Jeff Bezos is cruising. And it's like, yeah. The way, other way to read this is, like, I also would like to have sex with Jeff, with uh, with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, which, you know. I, I mean, again, I've only seen an HGH roided up bald man in the woods with no shirt on who was trying to fuck He men. does. No, he does. <laughs> he does. He does throw. I mean, in that picture, for sure, he does throw off the vibe of like that dude at the bar, you know. Yes. Who's like, he like was married. He has a family. <laughs> Right, he finally yeah. like came out. Right, like middle age. Dream. He came out middle age, and he's like all in, and he's fucking living it. He's just out there doing it, and he's at yeah. the bar, and he wants to fuck, and he's gonna tell you. He's you always know? inviting his teenage kids to come to P Town. You know, it's listen. so fun, he says. You no, know, listen, I'm and I say more power to you. Live your truth. That is what I'm all about. Just which is why my timeline. Which is how I became a member of the PC Master Race. Um. <laughs> Anyhow, all right, what else? Is there anything else we should just... Oh, Pinterest. you want to talk about the Pinterest story, the Pinterest story. Okay, okay, so we had this conversation. Actually, it's been an ongoing conversation in many circles from many people have been talking about it for a long time. I'm not, you know, this has you been can, a thought literally every person... A lot of people are that. saying a lot of people... You, you miss Donald Trump, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> hey, his prices, diner prices wouldn't be so high if that guy were still in power. Okay. <laughs> I don't even know. I'm just... I don't even know anymore. But, uh... Yeah, so Pinterest, man. Have you done a fucking image search on the internet recently? It's insane. Every fucking image is a Pinterest link. Okay, a low res Pinterest fucking. Yeah, you're like thing. you know. I'll, so you search for anything. Give me a t- give me a term right now. Give me a term. Uh, Let me search term. Go ahead, uh, do it. Anything. Uh, uh, vampire. Vampire. Children. Okay, vampire children. All right, here we go. Image results. You ready? First link. Mm-hmm. Okay, actually. Actually, there aren't a lot of Pinterest links for your vampire children. Huh? There is, uh, a, there are some Pinterest jars. links. Mason jars. Mason jars. Okay, that's more like it. Mason jars. Fucking Google's calling the police right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, actually, a lot of the first links for Mason jars are um, Amazon, eBay, IKEA. I think we need to go a little bit more specific. Like, I'm looking for like, uh, maybe I'm looking for sofas. Like, how about orange? Orange sofa, okay? That's what people might be looking for on the internet. I spent six months looking for an orange sofa last year. Actually, actually, have they done something recently? Because I'm seeing way fewer 
Pinterest links here than I've seen recently. Like way fewer. Like they don't exist. Wait, is my do I still have? I actually downloaded a Pinterest plugin that we mentioned in the story. Oh, anyhow, yes. maybe I'm running the Pinterest plugin. You've been plugin blocking Pinterest. I'm blocking yes. Pinterest. Is what's happening. Uh, <laughs> they didn't clean it out. Don't worry. I'm like, wow, there's not really any Pinterest links here. It's like because I get fucking literally installed a script to erase Pinterest links from my cert my image searches. Um. So here's the thing. So. Pinterest basically like what they do is when you save something to Pinterest and a lot of people have saved a lot of things to Pinterest. And by the way, I will say as I am a Pinterest user and I like Pinterest, like I think it has a, I think it has uses. Okay. Like if you're a white woman planning a wedding in your backyard. Oh no. I, there are many uses. It's not just for white ladies anymore. Okay. I use Pinterest. So there's, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to be, I don't want to be a Pinterest like, you know, uh, apologist, apologist, but I'm just saying there's 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 good stuff on there. But but here's the thing. When you put something on Pinterest, when you clip something or whatever, you save it, it makes a copy of the image and it yeah, there's some source stuff or whatever most of the time, but like it creates this copy. And because Pinterest, you know, of course Pinterest is like, well, we're this we're ranked high, you know, because a lot of people click click on the links or whatever. And it's like, sure. But like what happened is people are clicking on the links because you're the first link because you basically like hijacked the SEO search engine optimization for these images and you copy the images from their source so they no longer exist. Like if I'm an artist and I'm like, here's my art on my website and then a bunch of people are like, oh, I uh, clipped this guy's art because uh, I was using his inspo for my living room or whatever. Now suddenly the links when you search for that particular type of image or maybe even that particular artist, you're getting a Pinterest link. And and it basically over time has like kind of hijacked uh, the, like image search on the internet and it's really bad and kind of like, you know, feels like it should be way under control by Google or somebody else and they've like kind of just been asleep at the wheel. And I mean, the worst, the worst feeling in the world is when you're looking for a very specific GIF and you need it for some specific purpose, which does come up in my life more than you'd think. Yeah. And you click through, and then it's a crappy low-res version, but you know it's the right thing. So you're and like, you got to find it, and you're click. hunting it. Yeah. Yes. So you go in, and then it's like you're at Pinterest, and Pinterest is like, you got to log in. And you're like, fuck, I don't even remember my password. Fine. So you make a new account, or you log in, or you figure it out. You get in there, and it's the low-res version that's pinned. And you're like, fine, I'll just follow the link. And then you follow the link, and it's dead. And you're like, I hate this company. Oh, yeah, it's crazy. So fucking much. It's crazy. And so they've been just doing this thing where they're grafting on, like they're just grafting, you know, grabbing these images and creating this you know this like basically they redirect everybody i mean it redirects many many searches like that into pinterest is great for their business obviously great for reinforcing the problem which is that they've hijacked image search right and the more you have to click on that image to find the source the more you are clicking on pinterest the more google is going like wow people love clicking on pinterest but it's actually like you know they've created the problem that they are now solving so uh, yeah, it's really, anyhow, really egregious and kind of awful of them. And in many ways is one of the, it's one of those things that we've, that has slowly happened. And, uh, you know, we've been like, well, that's just the way the internet is now. But if you stop for a second, it's actually like, maybe the internet doesn't have to be like that. You know, like we all have been operating like, this is it. Here's how the internet works. We're kind of stuck doing this, but that's not true. It just is that way because we've let these companies run amok, amok 
or they have gamed the system and nobody has stopped them or countered it. I mean, I think that honestly, I was talking and, and Laura actually brought, I mean, the way this came up as ended up as an article for us is that I have talked about it before. I know a bunch of people have talked about it. I feel like we've even had conversations about it in the in the in the input uh, Slack. But but Laura was talking about it and I was like reminded because she was doing something. And it's like, you know, Laura is uh I mean, obviously she does this all the time, but but is I'm like I'm in I'm like looking for images every day. I'm searching for something. And I think for her it was like she hadn't been looking recently and went and looked and was like, this is really bad and uh and she we started talking about it. i'm like yeah like this is like some we, they should be called out for this and if you search you know if you actually go and look like plenty of people have complained about this plenty of people have talked about it but hopefully like i would i would like to think that with more pressure public pressure i just heard a cat i know the cat agrees with me um you know that like maybe they'll maybe this can change maybe it can get better and so, so anyhow, so we did a story about it. And everybody should read it. It's really interesting. It has some very interesting points. And also, if you want, it has a link to there a are thing some solutions that will there. that will help you to stop seeing Pinterest links in your Over image again. searches, which is which is. Uh, and I will say, I mean, you don't want to. I mean, there are reasons why you want. There are plenty of good reasons why you want. Um, like, you might want to get a Pinterest link sometimes. Like, and honestly, I can't think of one. Well, I mean, you may you may want to put it on your Pinterest board or whatever. But then I would go to Pinterest. Well, listen, don't give me this fucking bullshit, okay? <laughs> Just agree with my point. Okay. Yeah, go to Pinterest. You know, go to Pinterest. Keep your yeah. pins over on Pinterest. I mean, I'm not saying I'm not. Listen, I mean, they they're, they're, they should. Why have, do you got to put it in our face? I'm not like I'm not saying Pinterest should have no representation in the image search game, but like if I were Google, and I saw that Pinterest had a link, you know, had a, a an image in their search that was coming up in my search that had a source link to something that was that predated it and was the original obviously there's a there's a kind of slippery slope here but i would say find a way to favor some of those more often that would be a great start you know this it's not like device pinterest from breaking the internet yeah yeah i just think but also i will say sorry i was going to say about we've talked uh, the, the when you get down to it when you start to think about some of this stuff i mean to me you know, I was talking to Laura the other day about, you know, content on the internet and why it's gotten so, the, all of the problems with it and how, like, in many ways, you, you know, the New York Times or the Wall Street Journal, whatever the classic, you know, traditional publication, they're, you know, they they were sort of like when blogging was happening and when bloggers were coming to become becoming a thing that was... A, you know, a rise in rising in prominence. Um, their thing was like, we're a news, we're the newspaper. Like a magazine was like, we're a magazine. Like this is what we do. We have a certain set of standards. We have a certain way of doing things. Like we don't do things at this speed. We don't do things at this in this style. And like in a lot of ways, they were wrong. They were wrong about a lot of things. But like what was true was their their level of like what they were trying to do was very different. Like today, like when you search for something. You will see clickbait headlines and click, frankly, straight up clickbait articles that emanate from a from the New York Times as much as they emanate from like uh, Joe's, you know, Joe's little blog or whatever, right? Like the the same kind of shit that someone is trying to get you to click on over at their, it, let's say, the Daily Caller, okay, or Mashable or Buzzfeed or whatever, uh, 
is the same thing that the New York Times wants you to click on, right? And so this weird thing has happened where um, we have, and it's not, by the way, the incentive is not just because bloggers were so good at like doing articles on the internet and people were clicking on those instead of the New York Times. It's, it's really because Google incentivized a certain way of thinking about content, which is like, if you type in a search, uh, we're gonna deliver a result, great idea. You're gonna, we're gonna help you find things on the internet, right? And over time, there were these certain like tricks you could pull to get people to find your content or get your content prioritized over other people's, right? As SEO became a practice and as like the, the window through which we find content became narrower and, and narrower and was down to what Google thought was the way to find it, we're like typing in the thing that we want and then they're deciding what is, their algorithm is deciding what is the thing that will give you that thing. The truth is, like any system, it can be gamed, and it has been gamed. And it, and as it's been gamed over and over and over again, everybody now games it, and the overall quality of everything has just fucking gone down, right? And now like, users game it back by putting in scripts and little operators and blah, 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 blah. And yeah. then, so Google has to account for the people gaming it on both ends to try to find the right thing to bring to be. It's, it's and it's, and, and if you search for it, like the truth is like you search for any topic now – and it's there's so much shit, and I'm you know I know that maybe this is an old man argument, but it's not because the truth is like the information's bad. There's so much garbage out there. Search for any one thing, and Google has made us all believe. And this is what I was saying about one of those things that just exists on the internet. We think like that's the way it's supposed to be, and so we just keep doing it. But the truth is like Google has made us all believe that when you search for a thing like. How do I fix a leaky drain? Okay. This is like, I'm actually working, I'm building a, a shower, a ba I'm like remodeling a bathroom in my house and I've been building a shower, which I've never done before. And so there's a lot of things that I Google that are, and frankly, I find a lot of good stuff, but I, there's a lot of shit that is not good. And the truth is that like Google made us all believe one, that you can make money if you can answer that question effectively by gaming the system. Whether or not you have a good answer or an answer that's useful or one that is well presented, there are ways you can get that thing to be the top result. But we also believe that there should be like a thousand variations of the answer to that question. And the truth is there are not a thousand variations, really, okay? And like we've so lost the ability to like parse where the qual, what like an actual answer is or an actual thing that can help us or a structured way to understand like how to get that information that it's just like become this, you know, sort of uh, mountainous clusterfuck that we're all constantly digging ourselves out of every day, you know? And it's you like- mountainous clusterfuck and I pictured shirtless Jeff Bezos. Yeah, he's at the top of it, man, sliding down it. He's all the all the, all the oiled he's bodies. Like, Leo, I got something to he's show slide, you. Everybody's oiled up on the mountainous clusterfuck, and he's sliding down it towards Leo DiCaprio, <laughs> and 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 that's good for him. But like, you know, grabbing money out of everybody's pocket along the way if they're wearing <laughs> pants. If they're not, then you know, he's, I, he's using it to blast himself to space. So he's he's grabbing right it from to the somewhere top else. Of that clusterfuck. But I do think I do think like we are so overdue for a rethink of how all of this shit works. It's like it's like this stuff with Facebook that's come up where we talk about Facebook and they're like, well they have three billion users as this like ineffable uh you know this sort of uh, all this thing that must exist in our reality. Like well we gotta have it, you know, gotta communicate, gotta people have to be connected. It's like, well do they in this way? Like why? This idea is from twenty fucking years ago. 
And the internet's totally changing. The way we communicate's totally changing. The devices we use have totally People changed. People are pretty fucking and we're still, at this point. Are we still, we're, we still think that we need to have the thing where the fucking lady posts about the diner prices and I got to hear from uh, a guy who I have zero connection to, his opinion on the political environment that created a expensive hamburger. You know, like, this is, so we, we are all operating in this fucking weird, like, where we have these blinders on. We're like, that's how it's done. And here's what I think. It isn't how it's done. We have no fucking idea how it's done because we haven't actually tried any new ideas in like 20 goddamn years. Like we are like, it's like Google does the search thing and Facebook has this social thing. Even Twitter is ancient by comparison. And we're like, oh, it's a list of comments, you know? Oh, like I Google image search. This is how image search works. Like this is always how it should work. Should there be even be image search? I mean, the answer is yes. We but believe like, the future is uh, metaverse where all, everyone can connect to each other yeah. in an environment right. created by our company. Right. Oh, okay. by the way, I mean, the metaverse That's shit, not not that I want to talk about it, but uh, I've been thinking a lot about the metaverse, and I just think, like, you know. I don't the like one, one bit. No, but the one thing that nobody has, seems to be really talking about is nobody wants to put on the VR headset. I mean – I know I do occasionally and you do occasionally and there are some enthusiasts and I think it's grown in popularity and I believe there could be a future state where the headset works, but I haven't seen any super duper hardcore evidence that like that's, you know, that any face attached item is going to be a thing, like an eye attached item. Weeks to get used to wearing, um, like an eye cover, a sleeping mask eye cover. Yeah. It took me weeks. Can't stand it. Also, still don't love wearing a face mask. I do it because I'm not a sociopath, right. but I don't. I, it, it's a large adjustment, and to do that with a giant piece of mechanical tech, and then tell me that I'm supposed to swing around in it, like I, I th- this week I went to a demo by the supernatural VR people who do like exercise VR. And while the idea is great, there's a trainer in front of you, music, you're in ancient Egypt or on the moon exercising. Ooh, wow, just stuff where you is coming be. at you. Yeah. Awesome. It sounds so cool, especially for someone with ADHD who like whenever I exercise, one of the biggest problems for me is that like sheer boredom. If you don't have ADHD, you don't understand the level of torture that it is to stare at a wall for like an hour. It's really bad. And so I end up not exercising for that like psychological reason. Or I end up tricking myself with like an iPad playing music videos or something. But in any event, I was like, this is a great idea. But five minutes in, you're sweaty and wearing a computer on your face. And you're like, I don't want to exercise like this. I I think. I think like, so, you know, of course there's that hurdle. But but more, more to the point... Uh, and maybe more to my point, you know, it's like we we are again operating. We're all like, oh yeah, we're like, oh yeah, that's going to be a thing. It's like that's that's not going to be a thing, in my opinion, not for a long time, and not in the way that they're talking about it, not at all. But but I do think I almost you know it's weird, but I I guess like I'm in many ways saying the same thing about a lot of stuff on the on the show today, and I can connect up these disparate parts. That what I'm talking about when I talk about the PC stuff is very much what I'm talking about when I talk about the internet and about social networking and about the way we find things and about how information works and what information is and whether it's good or bad or whether you're getting the thing that you need and want or you're getting something else. I think it's really, really hard to pull up out of it sometimes and go, wait a second, like what is happening here? I'll say this on the shower stuff just as a a little, little window in. 
I, I will say YouTube, now there are things that YouTube is good for and bad for. I actually don't like watching how to do things usually on a YouTube video because you know, it's kind of like not a great format. It's like, oh, I need to see this step that this person's doing. Like I need to like leave it here for a minute so I can understand what they're doing. Like I wanna see this broken out this one little piece of it. And so when you're watching a video, they kind of like, people go, well, go through it. And you're kind of like, well, I think I got it, but I have to keep rewinding it. But, but, but what YouTube has done that I think is sort of, and there's a lot to say that's bad about YouTube, plenty to say, but what is kind of amazing and, and to me almost articulates this bullshit that, that Mark Zuckerberg talks about so much better than Facebook ever could is that like unprompted, Okay, or maybe because they thought, hey, I can make some money off this. Or, but I think often because people do want to share what they know, I see people, usually it's like kind of old school, like construction workers or like plumbers or whatever. And they're like, I'm going to walk you through this thing and how it works. And I, yeah, I guess they can make money off of it. But I feel like a lot of them are kind of like, they just want to share what they know. And We've created a system where you actually can find that Google has created a system, YouTube has created one where you actually can find unbelievably useful things. Like I'm learning, I'm learning things from watching people on YouTube that I know that I could not learn. There are not great, maybe partially because of the way the internet has been structured at, in the last 20 years, the way that this information has been so kind of bastardized by all of these like gamed sort of uh, systems that exist. But like, what's true is like, you know, if somebody is an expert at something and they're showing you how it's done, uh, that's real and it's invaluable. And uh, and YouTube has created a system where you can actually find some of that and sometimes in incredible detail with incredible expertise. Uh, and so and so there is something there that's interesting, but but what what I but I would say like and I'm sure people will tell me and tell you and whatever that like oh those are on Facebook too sure but but like there is you know what no a lot more of on Facebook is like I pranked my girlfriend with Mentos and Diet Coke well sure there's that stuff on YouTube too but what I think is interesting about YouTube is that I don't feel like anybody ever specifically said this is what YouTube is for I mean in my I mean now there are certainly unquestionably. Uh, ideas about what YouTube is for and what it what you do with it and how it works and that's a big part of it. But I think there were there have continued to be a lot of people who are using it the way the internet typically works, which is like I want to share something or I want to talk about something or I want to like show you something, and um, and I'm going to use this forum for it. And I think there's I think there's something like I'm not saying that YouTube is great. YouTube has its own problems. But uh, I think that, you know, it's one of those places where you might look and say, they got some stuff really right here. Like actually, where we, where we, where we have these problems where we're constantly sort of going, um, you know, oh God, like I wanted to find something on Google, but I've gotten, I'm down a rabbit hole of complete bullshit. You know, I do think there are places where it's, they've gotten some of it right. Like, I don't think there's a better, maybe there's not a better way to show me how the plumbing works in my shower than for this guy who's done this a million times to walk me through it. Maybe there is a better way and we haven't gotten to it yet. Maybe we haven't gotten to it because YouTube exists, but I'll take like, you know, there's like a halfway point that I'm happy with. I will say, I just think we've, there's so many things on the internet that we have not interrogated as to whether or not it actually addresses our needs 
or does something good for us or is is the way we want to communicate or interact. And I would just like, I would love, I'm like, yes, regulation. Yes, down with massive corporations controlling every corner of the internet. But even more than that, what I would love us to do is find some way to collectively evaluate like where these tools are at, where these services are at, and if they're delivering, you know, the things we actually need. And like, it would be great to be able to say to Google, like, why is search as bad as it is? You know, if this is your, if you had one job, which like, you know, I think we can agree they had more than one job, but you know, what's a thing that people search for, you know, how to tie shoelaces. Maybe you're teaching a kid how to tie shoelaces, right? Oh, how to tie a tie. That's the one that auto predicts for me. That's even better. I mean, do you know how many websites tell you how to tie a tie? I mean, for this particular uh, phrase, uh, it says, okay, I'm going to put it in quotes just to save us a little bit of uh, heartache. It says there's um, 6,120,000 results for how to tie a tie in quotes. That's like specifically that phrase, okay? Now, obviously that doesn't mean there's 6 million individual guides on how to tie a tie, but there's a lot. There's a lot. And like, here's a pinch, by the way, second page is a bunch of Pinterest links. Business Insider, businessinsider.com. 18 ways to wear a necktie chart, okay? The coolest, don't know what the fuck that is, 13 types of tie knots to master. Lanieri.com, tie knots, all the most famous knots and how to make them. Realmenstyle.com, how to tie how to tie a tie knot. That's a little optimized there. Brooks Brothers, now Brooks Brothers kind of makes sense. How to tie a Windsor knot. They're the like 20th result on the page, by the way, in case you're wondering. Um... Oh, wait, sorry, I'm on not, how did I get on not styles? I must have accidentally clicked something. Uh, but the point is, how to tie a Windsor knot, they're actually the first result. The knot, that's a website. I guess it's a, I'm guessing that's a wedding website, I believe. How to tie a tie. Ties.com, how to tie a necktie. Tieatie.net. Tieatie.net, learn how to tie a tie. Necktie knots from bowsandties.com. The manual, how to tie a tie. Now, let me tell you something. One of these is probably good. Maybe several of them are. We only need one. We only need one good guide on how to tie different types of ties, okay? Uh, different knots. And the truth is, all of these people, like for instance, politics.com.au, how to tie a tie, artofmanliness.com, John, or sorry, johanerick.com. Many of these exist purely realmenstyle.com. I fucking guarantee you, realmenstyle.com is owned by some. Uh, it's a, like their entire existence is predicated on trying to find a search term uh, like how to tie a tie and then flood it with shitty Google ads and make like five cents off of this page every time somebody desperately clicks on it because they have a wedding to go to. And like the reality is like I don't think like our entire internet is driven by the concept of exchange, like money exchange of commerce, that every piece of information is like, Oh yeah, you should like in find we should find somebody to extract money out of somebody somewhere for that information, you know? And that's true sometimes, but you know what the fucking local library definitely has a book about tying knots and tying ties and it's free. And like it would be nice if like Liberal we could just evaluate is the problem. <laughs> if we, if we, by the way, I'm not even complaining about the capitalist part of it, although that is an issue that is what drives all of this, but we have arranged our entire fucking internet and our entire way yeah. of finding things around yeah. commerce. Google's entire business is a commerce-driven business. The reason they promote search results the way they promote them 
is to for them to make money and for them to get other people to make money so that they provide value to people so they can keep making money. Okay. And like we and like I'm fine. I'm fine with the business. I'm fine with it, okay, to a to an extent. But if we center our life, this is why this is why Facebook and Met, the metaverse and their bullshit is so tainted. If we continue to, and I'm by the way, I'm like, I'm not saying we all have to become socialists. I'm not saying God. We didn't even I talk am. about we didn't even talk about the astral world stuff and satanic panic. I guess we're gonna have to leave it for the next one because we've gone on way too long here. But oh, we can maybe spend a few minutes on it. But like the reason, like, okay, sure be upset about the capitalist part of it but but just to get one level deeper than that forget about whether or not you're a capitalist or a socialist or whatever the fuck you want to call yourself and think about like is this the right way to arrange information for you and in your life is this the right way to connect things together is centering it on the exchange of goods or currency the correct way and I'm not again I'm not making a judgment about capitalism or or something else I'm saying when we think about what we want or what we need, does arranging it around this commerce-based system that serves interests that have nothing to do with the task at hand that you're asking for, that you need, when you really get down to it, don't you think we might come up with better ways of doing it if we, if we didn't, if we weren't locked into that system? Now extend that to all of society and the fact that the profit motive is no, not meeting I, I your agree. needs. Of and course, but I want to scale. Can we scale? Needs. But let's scale it up and down within reason. Okay, I hear you. Totally, I'm just. I saying, hear you, if, but like if, I'm if not. That we're not going to change. Hit home. If that idea has hit home for Tony, Tony, maybe consider if you haven't. I know there are a lot of Tonys that very much disagree with me politically. You love to tell me that you like me, but you don't like my ideas. That's fine. No, I agree. I'm I agreeing just, with I, them. I would love it if 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 that's hit home for you. Maybe consider that Walmart has five hundred kinds of peanuts, and fourteen percent of this country has food insecurity. Let's just consider that we don't need ninety brands of cereal. What about maybe all the ugly? What about all the, not going? What about great. all the ugly carrots we throw out? Don't forget about that. Yeah, we literally have piles of food. They're just like it doesn't look good. It's fine. You can eat it. it tastes exactly like a carrot. It may even taste better. We don't know because we're putting it in the garbage. At any I clicked rate. on a, a thread because people – this is a little bit of a tangent, but I don't care. Uh, you did a tangent. I'm doing one. Um, yeah. on, on Reddit, there was a thread in like the, some of the Disney sub forums uh, that are about like um, – how Disney kind of sucks right now. Uh, the the people running the parks and the CEO of the company are literally all about cost cutting yeah. and reducing value. Yeah, the guy the guy who runs the parks, uh, Tom, I think his name is. He's done a really bad job. Uh, he works with that guy Greg. <laughs> uh, they're doing. I think they're doing horribly. Covered up a lot of rage. covered up a lot um, of bad stuff. <laughs> but uh, in those forums, they there was uh, one of the headlines of the many of horrible things like you know we're cutting parades, there won't be no more first aids, stuff like that. Yeah, um, they yeah. were like first aid is a fucking Disney park. <laughs> they were like they're cutting almost by half the portion sizes at Disney restaurants, and honestly, the universal reaction was that's probably good because we mostly throw our food out, and it's like oh that's God. so bad. It is so bad that like theme park guests are like that seems a little wasteful. <laughs> Speaking of theme park guests, yes. let's talk about Astro World. Let's talk about Astro World, actually. So, so, Disaster. so, Astro so World. I mean, uh, t- tragedy. I mean, so Astro World. Travis Scott uh, has this event. I mean, I don't know how many they've done. Maybe they haven't done one in a couple of years because of COVID. I, I'm not. I don't know the the deal with that. But like, Travis Scott, massively famous, successful artist, 
has collaborations with Nike and all this shit, has his own like streetwear brand, like very, very, you know, uh, you know, many, many hands and many pies, uh, very successful artist, beloved by obviously millions and millions of people. Anyhow, so he does this, he does this festival, Astro World. Um, the, so Edgar was actually like, I want to go cover this. Edgar Alvarez, who who covers style, he's he runs the style section for us, and he does a bunch of stuff. But you know that's his main focus. And he's like, I want to go cover this. There could be some interesting stuff there. You know, it could be a real spectacle. You know, obviously there's a whole streetwear connection. Um, I think they were they may have even been showing off some new merch stuff that they were doing there. And um, and I'm like, yeah, do it. Let's go. Like, let's go check it out. Like, this will be, this is, and then, like, there haven't been events like this in a while. And so it could be a, you know, it could be some interesting stuff there. Just like culturally, just fun, interesting stories to talk about, you know, whether it's about the streetwear or the music or whatever. And, um, and like he's done, Travis Scott did like the Fortnite show, right? Like he didn't, he do a, he did like, I think he did like an Astro World in Fortnite, I think, which we covered unless I'm mistaken. His event in Fortnite was called Astronomical. Okay, so related. Anyhow, there's like he's like it's like I would say you know there are some artists who seem very online. I'd say he's one of them. You know, and so we have all sorts of levels of interest in this dude. Anyhow, so Edgar goes and he's at the show, and I'm like, he's like Instagramming some, you know, uh, he's Instagramming some images from it we threw some stuff on the input account i'm like wow this looks awesome this looks crazy and he's like yo this is crazy and he's like it was really really crazy and then it's like with these stories start kind of like you start hearing about it. he didn't now i don't think edgar was anywhere near where this stuff was going on uh but like these stories start coming out like in the in the wee hours of the night like i was asleep and um i uh and then you know woke up the next day and i'm like holy shit eight people died at this show and um and it was like utter chaos there and edgar wrote about it you know from his perspective about some of the stuff he saw uh, i don't think he saw the worst of it you know and um still saw a ton of complete incompetence so yeah so eight people died and other people were injured and 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 you know if you read what edgar wrote it's it's it, it just sounds like this was it was out of control from the get-go. And the more the more you hear from what was going on before the event and during it, the more it's like, what, what were they thinking? You know? They it's, were thinking, let's not spend a lot of money and make a ton of money and we'll push the risk onto the crowd because, you know, that's how it works. Sorry, I'm going to bring this back to capitalism. And then wow. eight people died. Eight people died because there was literally no security. They were giving out drinks to minors. There was no medical services. Nothing was set up. Nothing was done well, let alone the fact that 50,000 people body to body during a pandemic in Texas. Um fucking nightmare nightmare and frankly travis scott is an asshole his entire way of dealing with the fallout from this has been completely incompetent he gave people who attended a month with better help one of the worst services for mental health care available well um and then he went to fucking dave and busters right well you have to imagine i mean listen (laughs) you have to imagine that he personally didn't choose the the therapy app or whatever but it is Well, maybe he should it's in his name and he's the guy running it and the guy making no, I all agree. the money. I, Maybe he should have. No, no, he I called up his friend Jeff Bezos in the woods and wow. said, hey, buddy, how do you run an organization? Because I just killed eight people. I agree. I agree. And he had been like, well, were they in a factory or <laughs> were they delivering? Were they? Was it on a delivery route for you? Because they I get, can, they, they, uh, they get in your way. Was it? <laughs> did, did they ask to go to the bathroom and uh, you had to take care of them or what? Uh, 
you know, um, but like, you know, it's not, I'm sorry, I, I mean, not to make light of it, but, but, you know, it's like the, 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 but to me, what's so interesting and what I, and Edgar wrote about, we, we read about, we also wrote a thing about the app, the situation with the app, which is, I'm sorry, but like, if people die, I'm please don't, please don't patronize, please do not patronize, uh, please do not patronize people um, with like, you should get some therapy. It's like, yeah, but can we actually address the real thing that's going on here, which is like, this shouldn't have happened and people need to be held accountable. And why did it happen? What's really crazy is that like, you know, I don't, I'm not, I don't follow Travis Scott. I'm not, I'm, I'm personally, I'm not a big, I'm not a fan. Like I, for whatever reason, it's just like, he has not been, he's not seemed interesting to me on a musical level. Uh, and well, one of his ex-producers is on TikTok now telling everybody that his music was, crappy but that they basically gamed the system to make him popular uh by cheating a whole bunch until he like well, you fake it till you make it stuff well i mean but more but more importantly like if you go back i mean there's all this stuff about you know him sort of encouraging his fans like to pass out and get hurt and you know I, yeah. there's this whole i mean there's this i mean you know and it's like listen i get it it's like you want to be punk like you want to be you know it's like it's very punk to be like get fucked up, you know, become, you know, get injured at the show. I mean, it was a very, very common thing in like the punk from the punk world and the indie world. I mean, all this, there was a lot of factions around this, but like not uncommon that there was a, to, to see like people who were like, yeah, I go to a show and I get fucked up. Like I fucking, you know, we were, there's a fucking mosh pit. People elbow each other. It gets crazy. That's like, there isn't a, a level to that where if everybody's into it, and it's like within a, you know, no one's dying or going to the hospital. It's like, you want to get out some aggression, like, and listen to fucking enraged to music. Like, I don't have a problem with the concept. There does seem like there's like a missing, and for whatever reason, there's like, when you hear, like, when I was reading Edgar, some of the, you know, I've read a bunch of stories about this, the descriptions of like some of how the crowd was reacting to the stuff around them, not that it's their fault, but like, there is certainly, and it is a top-down thing, like there's a vibe that is kind of like projected there. Just this whole, but he's kind of cheering this stuff on historically. It's just like this, like fucking, you know. And I, I don't want to be an old guy, but like, I don't know that you have to be young to be like it's cool for people to die and be seriously hurt at a show. Like, I'm not sure that that's like, like, I don't know. I guess like maybe in if like if where we're at is like you know mass shootings are a daily occurrence in this country, uh, then like death is we just don't care about it as much anymore i don't think teenagers or fucking 20 somethings anybody who's a complete idiot i with no frontal lobe i don't i don't blame them for wanting to go to a show and jump around and mosh and like fucking act like any of this shit matters whatever do whatever you got to do just don't do it near my house yeah but my problem is if you're organizing this and monetizing it well then you've accepted the risk right right it is on you you know what I mean? Like it is on you if something goes wrong. And so you you, you should be feel some level of responsibility if this is your profession or if you're monetizing it. I mean, there yeah. are warehouse parties that happen in Brooklyn that are illegal that get shut down all the time. And those people face real consequences when things go wrong. He, he, he The fact that he it, seemingly is completely insulated from facing any consequences for what is essentially an entire business made by sober adults to create the environment yeah. that could yeah. – cause eight deaths let alone anything else that happened at those shows Fifty thousand people in the desert with no security and all of them are drunk i i have to imagine a lot of crimes happened i think we i i agree and i think i mean there was security but they clearly were not where they needed to be i mean they weren't checking people's bags you're in texas 
But I think we also just have like, you know, I think there's like an empathy gap that's happening in the world right now. And like, we got to, you know, I'm saying like with him and his people, like this whole, like they're hit the, whoever produced this or whoever's responsible for it. And I don't know how, you know, you know, listen, people die at concerts. That's not, that happens. There have been, there historically, there have been a lot of deaths at these, these huge gatherings. Like there's lots of different reasons, right? People get, they get fucked up. They like do drugs they shouldn't be doing, or they get, you know, they get exhausted and dehydrated, or they, there have been crowd surges where people get trampled or whatever, you know, there's a hundred. People take fucking ketamine at shows where it's like a mosh pit. I mean. Yeah. Like, like it, this shit, this shit does happen, but. But there's also, I mean, there's also got to be, there are ways to prevent it. I mean, there's no reason, there's no reason anybody should have died at this show. There's no reason. And Travis Scott has enough money to prevent eight eight people from dying. What I'm, what I'm wondering, what I'm really wondering about it is like, does this, does this have a, what I want to know in like this world is, does this have a lasting impact on his career or his reputation or and this is what I was sort of saying, like, um, I think he's done. I don't know. I mean, this is to me is like I feel like we're in this post, we're in this like kind of post uh, uh, consequence sort of world right now. Where you mean cancel culture is not real? Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, that's what I'm saying is like. <laughs> anyway, I've got tickets to Chris Brown later. <laughs> oh my god! But you know, yeah, Chris Brown. I guess his career did suffer somewhat. I mean, but not really. I mean, he's definitely not a bit. I mean, at any rate. So the the so I mean, the long and short of it is like, does anybody really hold him to account for this? Or even so, like my guess is like I see shit. I mean, it's like it's like it's like Kanye with the Trump stuff, and these are obviously weirdly intermingled. Like given the whole kardashian connection that obviously is with a k for the record um the the but like but the it's like i see people like i when i see people respond to like kanye doing stuff like when he's got like marilyn manson at his show and he's talking about the devil and marilyn manson's nodding along and i see people who are like kanye fans and it's like they're like i'm like do you does what would he have to do and this is sort of like the trump stuff it's like what is it that you respond to? Like, at what point do you go, yeah, this person fucking sucks? You know, what is it that you need to see someone do or hear someone say? Or are we so obsessed with this, like, cult of personality? We're so in, we're so infatuated with these, with the concept of celebrity now that, or, or, or just that, you know, whatever we are so um, dismissive, or, but escapism. we're so dismissive, but we're so dismissive of any, of of any behavior, we're so like able, weirdly able. To, there's so many people who can say like it's fine. We're desensitized. Like, I, yes, yes, that is that's it, and that's what I'm saying. Like, there's something about this. Like, and again, I do. It's like, look, I'm not of this generation, of this like youth generation, uh, and I'm not trying to pass judgment or be like, oh well, the kids these days are so fucked up. I don't think it's just kids. I think it's everybody. I think it's all age ranges. I think it's like. It's like, and I'm not talking about like, I mean, yes, basic human decency, but there's like the, like the empathy chip has been removed somehow. I do think COVID exacerbated this because like, you just don't have to, you're literally not around people. We've talked about this before, but I do think it's like one of those things where in big cities where you're constantly forced to encounter people who are not like you, I do think even though people can be very harsh in New York, they are generally more understanding and accepting of 
of the differences of and and generally in many ways more empathetic than like you find often in like places where people don't interact with each other that much. Studies show that New Yorkers are the most likely to help others in a crisis. They're the most likely to give useful and usable advice. They're the most polite when you ask them to change behaviors in public. New Yorkers are used to dealing with other people. Are we short and fast? Totally, because we do this a hundred thousand times a day. I, 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 so many times a day do I have to put up with other people's bullshit. So I very quickly am like, excuse me, can you? Uh, no, yes, I got to keep going. I'm sorry, I have somewhere to be. Yes, and that comes off as rude. But New Yorkers, statistically, studies have shown, are the most likely to help someone who collapses on the street in front of them. A lot of other people feel like they are going to mind their own business and keep walking. And New Yorkers are not like that. And I do believe that it, it does come down to exposure. I believe that like it's the reason why and I believe you know we went way too far with this uh, the last few years especially pre-Trump where it's like representation in the media is the most important thing for all social causes that's like insanity but yeah I do believe that representation in the media does have a measurable effect on people's empathy and understanding of other people and I think it is only a tiny sub slice of what you would get if people actually knew people different than them in real life but they don't and COVID, of course, is a perfect example of like, you know, if you if you live in a city that has a certain demographic and you only operate in certain neighborhoods and then you break that down even smaller to, well, I never have to leave my house and professional situations aren't going to take me out of my bubble. Now I'm just on a little circuit in my neighborhood to my grocery store, to my maybe church, maybe. And then I come back home and see my family. And then when I'm on the internet, the internet is algorithmically tailoring who and what I see to either piss me off about other people or they're exactly like me. And that's it. And if that's your only experience of the world, of course polarization is getting worse. Of course you don't care when you hear about eight people died in a crowd of 50,000. Of course you don't give a shit if you see someone collapse in front of you if there's supposed to be security and other people to handle it. It's not my business. And it's, 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 I don't know. I don't think that human beings, I believe there is a way for human beings to operate on the internet and at a large scale and know many people, but I also, it it takes work and purposefully designing your life and, and, and accounting for, um, accounting for the differences from what we are supposed to be doing, quote unquote, like evolutionarily, which is no, maybe 120 people who are not that different than you and yeah. kill anybody else who comes into your right, to contact right. with. Well, and that's what we're designed to do. Well, so but to I mean, account for that, we have to, we have to be, you know, but that, you, and I you, don't think you weirdly, you weirdly make the argument for Facebook, but of course, I mean, Facebook, but didn't I, pull, but Facebook, Facebook is, didn't pull it exact, off. Facebook they're the exact opposite though, because right there, they, they, they value engagement. Not right. exposure, it's like, not no. a diversity of content or thoughts. It's, it's just like to, it's like to, it's like, and I feel like I read this somewhere. It's like to see someone versus to like actually know them are two very different things. And like what Facebook yeah. does is lets you see people, but it doesn't let you know them. And like what we it, what we can show people in that forum versus what you can versus what what things are face-to-face or in in real world situations are very very dramatically different like and, and there is all of this is some you know version of of performance and uh and yeah i do think like there is this kind of overarching sort of problem again the system is built around this now the system is built around these ideas this goes back to my my point and we gotta wrap up because it's this has yeah, been going gotta, on for a very we, long we time go. we gotta go. but but my but but to circle back to all that which is like i do think the, the systems are designed badly 
we need to stop pretending like or thinking that these systems are working for anybody except the accountants at those companies and 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 all of the people who profit off of it. And uh, anyhow, so you know, that's my upbeat message for the for the end of what I think was otherwise a com- absolutely batshit crazy podcast. Um, and you know, don't remember anything that we talked about, but I know it was a lot of different stuff. So um, should we do a quick night? Nice to, to, yeah, nice some nice things, good things. What do we call them? Nice things. I can never remember. Yes, I got a weird like brain, like a blank spot in my brain. Coming up on three hundred episodes, no idea what the segment is called. <laughs> you know what? We have all, but we've only done them for like two hundred uh, segments. So, uh, my nice thing this week is um, there is a show called Dracula, which started very low budget, similar to RuPaul's Drag Race, started very low budget, um, and. I had seen it, 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 instead of being like, you know, RuPaul's Drag Race is like drag queens lip sync and they dance around and they've got cute outfits. Great. Uh, my, my, my favorite show on television. I watch it every day. Dragula is um, hmm. a fear factor version of that with horror drag queens that are trying to freak you the fuck out with some terrifying themes and horror icons from the genre, very obscure people as guests. Um, and just, they, they, they film these amazing, um, segments to open and close the show that are basically short horror movies uh using the cast it's so cool and dragula is basically a competition show is rob zombie involved um only in themes and iconography okay wow so it's goth goth extremely goth goth drag is what you're saying it's it's basically i think the the four tenets of it are filth horror glamour and drag and wow it's I mean, people eat bugs. It's very it, it, people drink blood regularly. Um, but it is a it's basically Fear Factor plus RuPaul's Drag Race mashed up with like a live stage show. It's so fucking good and weird. And I had seen the first season, but it was very low budget and on YouTube. And I just never really had the time with the million different things I watch, let alone the million drag shows I watch. And um. I finally ran out of stuff to watch and I was like, you know what? I, I hear so many good things about Dragula and someone I'm friends with is like directed a bunch of episodes. Let me go watch it. And I watched the second season and it picks up a little bit, but by the third season, it's got a budget and it's a real TV show, like in the sense of like there's production happening and it was really good. And I was obsessed with some of the people from it. This fourth season, similar to RuPaul's Drag Race, around the fourth season, they have a $100,000 prize and suddenly it's like, really pumping on all cylinders they've got like really amazing production value the music uh, unbelievable it's so beautiful the costumes are so on the talent Mm. level Mm. i queer people queer people just the superior race wow that's not that's not uh i don't think that's (laughs) we don't endorse that message here on uh tomorrow we believe everybody is uh is great unless you're uh you know racist or whatever and but even if you don't like drag or like uh, reality shows are not for you, I All would right. say it's on it's on Shutter and AMC Plus. Okay. It, we're only four episodes into this new season. You can just start with this season. If if anybody if anybody watches it and wants to talk about it, I actually don't know that many people that watch the show, and I've basically just been tweeting about it into a void. So please come onto my Twitter account and talk to me about Tony, it. Tony, Tony. <laughs> Get it going. Get your AMC Plus subscription fired up, which I don't know. Is that even a thing you can subscribe to? I have no idea. Um, so. right, I'm going to be really quick with mine, okay? Okay. You ready? It's a good one. Record of Lodos War, deed lit in Wonder Labyrinth. What? Yes. What? Indeed. What is Record of Lodos War, deed lit in Wonder Labyrinth, you're asking? Well, I'll tell you what it is. 
It is a fucking uh, platformer, side-scrolling Castlevania-style platformer, uh, which was released this year, which I didn't know about until very recently, for PC and is coming uh, December 16th on uh, consoles. Definitely on the... Oh, it's coming out on everything, including the Switch, which honestly, I would have bought it for the Switch if um, if it had been available immediately, but it, it, has, it is not. It is a, just a fucking awesome... If you like castlevania games it is just a super fucking cool beautifully art directed really interesting really fun to play uh side scrolling action adventure um and with you know rpg elements and all the stuff that like symphony of the night has uh and great just great character design and it's based on record of Lados war is a is an i believe it's a manga that then became an anime series and there's a ton of games i mean it's been like it started in the 80s um so it's like i i was vaguely aware of the series i have no fucking idea who these characters are or what any of it means but the game is awesome and it's like 15 bucks for pc at least that's what i paid for it i think i bought it on yeah i bought it on uh, steam for like 15 dollars and it's the it's it's awesome and it's great and it's like a it's like it's like a true i mean there are games that people are like oh yeah this is like this is like a new castlevania game um like the uh the bloodstained like ritual of the night you know people are like oh that's like from the castlevania people and it's it is good in ways but it's not the same this feels materially a lot like if you love symphony of the night you're going to love this or if you love like rondo of blood or whatever so i recommend this game Again, I'll give you that name one more time. Record of Lodos War, Deedlit in Wonder Labyrinth. Um, and I, I think you should check it out. I think we should everybody should play it. Um, and name. <laughs> it's very easy. Just rolls off the tongue. Um, but anyhow, it's a great game. And the graphics are awesome. And there's cool weapons. And it's super fun to play. And I will be playing it as soon as humanly possible, as soon as we get off of this podcast. So let's wrap this fucker up. All right, bye. Bye. Well, that is our show for this week. We'll be back next week with more tomorrow. And as always, I wish you and your family the very best, though I've just been told that they are in the Wonder Labyrinth and they're not deedlit. <laughs>